Great. All right, uh, we're going to start a new series today, and this one's going to run a number of weeks, and it's going to be on uh, Voices of the Soul, it's going to be on our emotional worlds, and um, it's partly, you know, coming out of some of the stuff that I've been working through and uh, working on in my own life, and I don't think I've ever preached a whole series on our emotional world, uh, partly because I think I was always afraid to, and I didn't think I was actually in a place to be able to preach this kind of thing before because this was not something that I had ever developed well in my life. I grew up in a a family that was uh, very little emotion besides frustration and anger at some times, but, um, uh, but, you know, I grew up in a family where I was never told I love you by my parents, and no fault to them because they're just carrying on how they were raised and uh, living up in a home where you didn't feel safe to express emotion. If you were frustrated, really angry, that would be pushed down, and, and at the same time, when that gets pushed down, you don't feel a lot of freedom to, to laugh and to, to really enjoy life. And it's only been, you know, uh, you know, peaks of it through my Christian life, but it's been, been very recently that this a whole new world has opened up into me, uh, to me. And so, and uh, I just realized that, um, that there's other people in the same place. And we can always learn more about our, our emotional world because it is a, it's an exciting world, and uh, it's a world with a lot of different kind of emotions. There are uh, many kind of basic lists of emotions. This is just one of them. Some have more, some have less, but uh, some of the basic emotions that we have going on inside of us, of course, are anger, sadness, fear, joy, interest, surprise, disgust, shame, and of course, uh, a lot of these, uh, all of them would have lots of sub-feelings. If you ever used a feeling wheel, when, uh, and last year I was using a feeling wheel because I was actually in a place where I couldn't even answer the question when someone asked me, how are you? Or my Marie would say, how are you doing, Jesse? I would just be like, fine. Because I couldn't even actually read what was going on in my own heart. And so I actually started with a feeling wheel. I was like, I'm sad. And then you go to the sub-points trying to put, put language uh, to it. But we all have these, have these feelings. Uh, Jenny Florence said this, our emotions form the connection between all elements of ourselves and all aspects of our lives, both inner and outer. They are the absolute expression of relatedness and of relationship. They give voice to the exchange of everything that is taking place in our pure and real experience. And yet so many of us have never learned to listen to ourselves. We have never learned to develop a relationship with ourselves, with our emotions. Indeed, many people have learned to be frightened of what they feel. Human beings are emotionally driven. Our, emotion, uh, our emotionally charged energy can be constructive beyond uh, measure or destructive beyond measure, depending upon the direction or channel through which it's arriving into the world. Without an emotional language, our relationship with ourselves will be fraught with difficulty, and our relationship with God will be fraught with difficulty. And yet most of us have never learned to listen to ourselves and rarely even think about our emotional health as an absolute priority until something goes wrong. And all of a sudden you're exposed to this emotional world, and, uh, and sometimes that if it's squashed, it can, can stay trapped. But um, you know, God has given us emotions for a reason, and emotions are, are good. 
And this is one of the, the lies that I, I found that I was believing, that there were certain emotions that I thought were just terrible, horrible, so you shouldn't voice them. You shouldn't acknowledge them. You should just push them away. And, and next week, I'm going to talk more about this idea of what is sometimes called spiritual bypassing, which uh, kind of the Western church is plagued with, and um, as, as many note. And that is that sometimes we feel in the church afraid to express certain uh, emotions because we tend to just say, oh, just live in victory. Oh, just be happy and just, just have joy in your life and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And, and we don't sit and actually acknowledge what is actually going on and therefore it can be very difficult to find healing and freedom. Uh, there is a really place to learn to actually figure out what is going on and give voice to that. And at least I have found that is when I allow God in. And, and to find freedom and, and, and healing in, in those areas. And the Psalms has been the most beautiful thing uh, in the last while for this, because the Psalms is actually the longest book of the Bible, 150 chapters, uh, an amazing book, but the Psalms actually give us permission to actually express emotion, and not just, you know, churchy safe emotion, but actually raw emotion. There is incredibly... Uh, you know, up and down raw emotion in the Psalms. That actually scares us. And the reason I think I've never preached on the Psalms or never talked much about the Psalms, because the Psalms were actually a really scary book for me because uh, I couldn't handle raw emotion. And uh, whenever someone would have raw emotion, it would scare me and I'd want to shrink back and pull away because I couldn't handle it because I didn't have that even developed in my own life. And so when I read the Psalms, it's just like, these people are crazy. They're like psycho, <laughs> you know, almost in my mind. But it really does give us permission to express raw emotion. Athanasius, who's an early church father, said this. In the Psalter, that's the Psalms, besides all these things, you learn about yourself. The Psalms actually give us language that sometimes we don't have for our own selves. It, it teaches us about ourselves because all the kinds of language and feelings that we have, or sorry, all the language or the feelings we have, they're found there. And if you've grown up in a sort of emotionally stunted environment like myself, you will find it very difficult to answer a question of how you're doing. Like, you know, we have this thing, I'm okay. That's just, everybody says that. That's our superficial way of saying hi these days. But if you're with somebody who actually you feel safe with, and they say, how are you doing? It can be very difficult to actually learn how to express that. If you, if you don't have language. And here is one of the reasons why the Psalms are so beautiful, because it'll actually give you language that tells you what's going on in your heart. And, and this is what I found, is like, I can read the Psalms, and I'm like, that's it! That is what's going on in me right now. And I can never give voice to it until you begin reading sort of the raw openness of, of, of the Psalms. And so, um, for instance, in Psalm 22, uh, here are the psalmists says, why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. And if you're truly honest with yourself, we've all probably felt that at times. You know, why are you so far away, and why aren't you answered? Why don't I feel your presence in this moment? And, and sometimes you can read through a psalm and say, that is actually what I'm feeling. I, I couldn't vocalize it. I couldn't kind of figure that out in my own language, but, but that's what I'm feeling. And once you're actually able to acknowledge it, then God can just come right in there 
and, and you can work with God through it. This is actually the psalm that Jesus quotes on the cross. And I think Jesus was saying, this is like what I'm feeling right now. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, 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 and it expresses what is actually going on in our hearts. It helps us get in touch with our uh, emotional world. And so he goes on and says, in the, in the Psalter, besides all these things, you can learn about yourself. It helps you actually figure out what's going on. It gives you language that you can share with God and with others. He also says, you find depicted in all the movements, you find depicted in it, all the movements of your soul, all its changes, its ups and downs, its failures and recoveries. In other words, I mean, the Psalms represent real life. As much as we, you know, would love to live in complete victory and 100% joy all the time and live in, you know, like uh, that everything is always wonderful, that's, that's not always the case. We know life is hard, we get bad news, sad news, relationships are difficult, uh, there's tragedy, there's hardship. We know in life that there's, there's all kinds of seasons. I mean, there are seasons where we are super green. We're like the tree in Psalm 1 planted by the water, or Jeremiah 17, the tree that doesn't wither when, when the, 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 the drought comes, and we're so alive and so fresh and so exciting, and, and sometimes we're in that season. And sometimes we're kind of in the middle, and you know, we're struggling, but there's, there's good and there's not good, and we're just kind of like maybe a little bit numb because of everything. And then there's times when we might be red hot with anger and frustrated with life and, and down and discouraged. And, and sometimes these seasons can change, you know, from year to year. You might have a, a year that's more green and one that's more red or more in the middle. Sometimes these seasons can change within a week or a month. Sometimes these seasons change within the hour. Sometimes they can change. They're going on at the same time. I have green leaves and red leaves. And if you pay attention to the Psalms, I mean, sometimes they almost seem like schizophrenic because like in the same short psalm, it's like expressing joy and awe, and then there's like anger towards God and life and everybody else, and, and then at the end, there's just like, and God just, my soul is going to find hope in you. I mean, there's all the seasons sometimes you find in one psalm, and I think part of the reasons for the psalms is God is saying, it's okay to feel. It's okay to have green days and red days, and it's okay to, to talk about that and to not have to hide and not to be scared, but to, to really just uh, acknowledge those emotions and to uh, express those emotions in, in positive ways. And so in the Psalms, you see, again, a, a vast up and down mountains and valleys of emotions. Uh, for instance, we see in Psalm 4.9, you have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. Like those times when you are just so filled with joy, like everything is just awesome and you're, you're feeling so close to God and you're just absorbing His love and you're so filled with joy, you're just on top of the universe. And those moments, and there's psalms that express that. But at the same time, there are psalms that, that are exactly the opposite. In Psalm 88, my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. It's a little different than, you know, I'm saying, the might, and I'm happier than everybody else. I mean, and, and, and we know this. There are times when we are feeling so joyful, and there are moments when like, you just can't find the joy anywhere. 
And uh, I think sometimes the only people who say, well, that never happens to me are, are people like me. <laughs> Used to be. You just, you just, you don't know your emotional world, so you just always think everything is fine. You know, everything's just fine. Psalm 47. Again, the mountaintop experience is come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. And, you know, sometimes we come in here and we feel like that. We just want to jump and shout and worship Jesus and go crazy. And we don't go quite crazy because there's other people here and we're scared what we're going to think. But this is how we feel in our spirit. But at the same time, there are other folks who walk in here and they're stuck in Psalm 69 as they walk in. Their insults have broken my heart and I am in despair. If only one person would show some pity, if only one person, if only one would turn and comfort me, just in despair. Again, the Psalms has this, it's all the emotions, and, and it's God saying, it's okay to feel these things. You don't, you don't have to hide them. You don't have to be ashamed of them, that, that emotions are a good thing. Or Psalm 118, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear, and we love that. I mean, you know, be strong, have no fear in our faith, and we're, we're fearless because of, because of Jesus, and we would love to march out on that, and I love to march on that, but, but sometimes if you're honest, there are some times when you and I are very much afraid, and we're in Psalm 55, where it says, fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking, and so we have the, these moments, and they're depicted in the Psalms, and and sometimes this can be unsettling. And again, this is one of the reasons why I didn't spend a lot of time because the Psalms were very unsettling to me. Because it's like, this is not the way it should be because, you know, everything's just supposed to be fine. Uh, but the reality is life is not always, always fine. And there's these ups and downs. And, um, and uh, as Walter Brueggemann, who wrote a beautiful book on, on this idea in the Psalms, he says, human, ex human experience includes those dangerous and difficult times of dislocation and disorientation when the sky does fall and the world does indeed come to an end. The times of disorientation are those when persons are driven to extremities of emotion, of integrating capacity, and of language, where you just I mean, you're at your end, and it's just tough, and it's difficult, and you're afraid and worried, and, 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 and all this is, is housed, and you see this in the Psalms, it's housed in this idea, like, I know God is with me, and I know He is for me, and I know He's present, I know He loves me, and I know I shouldn't be afraid, and it's what to live in victory at all times, and the Psalms represent that, and then like the next verse, they're like, I am just, I'm, I'm broken, and I'm down, and I'm wasted, like, it, it just, it's, it again, is giving permission to experience all of emotion and, and, and relationship to our world and to, and, and to life. And so in the Psalms, again, we just see all these emotions. We see emotions of despair. In Psalm 69, you know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. Scorn has broken my heart and it left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comfort, comforters, but I found None. Again, you, you, could be, you could be going through something, and you can't give voice to it. You don't know what's going on, and you happen to be reading through the Psalms, and you come across this, and you're like, that is actually how I'm feeling right now. You can, give, again, give voice to what you're experiencing. Or, or Psalms of loneliness. I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. And then you have these, these joyful ones. Again, you, you put more joy in my heart than they have when with their, with their new grain and their wine abounding in some sadness. I'm dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin 
has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. And if you've ever experienced a loss of someone very close to you, you, you know what this is like. And at any moment in this church, and this is the, the, the beautiful thing about this community, there's people walking in here who are in one season, and there's people who are in another season, and, and there's from joy to grief to hardship to, to the range of emotions. The, the, the church represents these, as do the Psalms. Or the emotion of shame. Shame has covered my face. And then in the Psalms, you come across these Psalms of anger, uh, that when we read them, actually, they freak us out. <laughs> I mean, Psalm 137, and yes, this is in the Bible, O Babylon, you will be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. You know, what a beautiful little Christian verse that is, you know. You know, God, I tell you, pray you take their babies and smash them against the rocks. I mean, that's what, that's what the psalmist is saying. And, and sometimes I can scare us and like, what the heck is that? Like, that's not even Jesus-like. He taught us to, to love our enemies and to pray for those who are pews. And see, here's one of the things you've got to learn about the psalms. The psalms are not primarily to be read in a black and white sort of doctrinal kind of form. They are poems. They are songs. They, they were actually sung in the temple. Often you'll see to the choir master in a little selah where there's a little instrumental. And, and, and this is what's odd. These were sung in the temple. Psalms that were filled with anger and anger at God and frustration and, and moments of anger like this. And, and, and this is one of the critiques sometimes of modern day worship in the church is that all of our songs are just kind of happy and up and wonderful and beautiful, and, and yet you read the Psalms and the worship and the old, uh, the Psalms sometimes is very filled with lament and struggle. And again, this is saying that, you know, it's okay if this, you're feeling this inside, because if you put yourselves maybe in the shoes of these folks, you might happen to be feeling the same thing, because the Babylonians came in, they began to pillage and, and rape and starve people out. And if your family was killed and, and your, your wife was raped and then murdered in front of your eyes, and, and you might feel in your emotions, happy is the one who takes your baby and smashes them. I mean, it's raw emotion. And you see this in the psalm. It's very, very raw. And again, sometimes it can be troubling to read this, but God is saying, you know, it's okay to feel these things. We're emotional beings, and it's understanding that once you understand how you're feeling, then there's something about just acknowledging that this is actually what's going on in my heart. It scares me, but this is what's going on in my heart that actually allows you to connect with the Father in the moment and find freedom. And so we see emotions of hope. Your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer or grief, my vision is blurred by grief, my eyes are worn out. If you've ever cried to the point where you can't cry anymore, and there's just, you're crying, but there's no, there's no liquid left, and, and, and you're worn out. So all these emotions are found in, in the Psalms. So if you want to get more in touch with your emotional world, uh, one of the, the, the ways, at least I found super helpful, you may find other ways, but is actually praying the Psalms. Is not just reading them like getting through quick because I gotta get my devotional, I gotta feel good about my religious act. To actually pray them, to let them soak into your, your being, and to use as kind of an emotional wheel to check how are you feeling today. Uh, Walter Brueggemann, again, he says this the poet 
has an amazing capacity to say much and yet leave everything open. Thus, the psalm provides a marvelous receptacle that we are free to fill with our own particular experience. And so when you read the psalms, one thing you see is it often doesn't have a great deal of explanation of why that person is ticked at God or angry at that person or frustrated with themselves. I mean, it's very open. And uh, Walter Brueggemann is saying that this is awesome because we can actually take our experience and we can place it in the psalm and, and it gives us words for our emotions that actually can fit our season or our experience or what we are going through. Uh, and scientifically speaking, praying the Psalms is actually really awesome for your brain. It's really, really good for your brain, which can lead to emotional healing and wellness. Uh, it, it, it talk about how, you know, uh, our, our emotional experiences are kind of right brain and language is left brain, but there's something that when, if you never acknowledge your emotions, it's stuck in one side of your brain. And for true healing to happen, you need to have neurons that connect. You need to connect your left and right brain. And the way that happens is to actually be able to acknowledge what's going on inside. So if you never are able to answer, how are you doing? If you're never able to figure out what is going on, it kind of stuck on one side of your brain and it'll just get trapped. And it'll come out probably in negative ways. And so they're saying that to actually put words to it, to vocalize it in a safe place, to, to tell somebody or to tell God connects the left and right brain and it leads, it's a starting step to the healing process. And so this is why when you pray the Psalms, it was like, yes, this is how I'm feeling. And you acknowledge it before God and you just, you pray the Psalms and say, God, would you meet me in this moment? This is, this is actually, I know it doesn't fit that Jesus loved your enemies in this moment, but I'm feeling this way. Would you meet with me? And God will meet you in such beautiful ways, and you'll find such freedom when you're actually be, to be a, honest with your emotional world. So praying the Psalms sets your hearts free. Uh, emotional, uh, emotions need to be expressed uh, to be processed, to, to, to lead to healing. Walter Brueggemann said, if we don't pray the Psalms, our own experience may be left untapped and inarticulate and therefore not liberated. Uh, Psychology, science, scripture seem to lean this way, at least in the Psalms. It is good to acknowledge your emotions, even if they, they just seem, you know, so unchristian maybe even in that moment, like, you know, you know calling for God to smash babies on rocks. I mean, uh, I mean but th to acknowledge that's how you're feeling, and if that's how you're feeling, then God wants to meet you there. And if you just kind of hide it and push it away, as we talked about, we talk, we talk about this lots in this church, it's like, you know, taking a ball and you try to hold it underwater because you don't want to acknowledge it's there. And you're like, you know, I'm just going to pretend I'm not angry because, you know, it's not good to be angry. It's not a Christian thing. And so you just push it down and, you know, I'm just going to live in victory. And, but if you haven't met with God in that pain, you know, eventually it can pop up. And I tell you, I've done enough counseling with marriages and with people to know that for some folks, you know, who just don't acknowledge emotions and all of a sudden they just explode <laughs> because it's if they've just kept it down for so long or all of a sudden someone will do something just completely nutty and you're like, where in the world did that come from? It's because they've been suppressing these emotions and, and all of a sudden it comes up. And so healing and just walking the daily walk with God is, is learning to just learn just moment by moment to be able to express to God how you're feeling and what's going on inside, even if, if, if it's raw. And again, the Psalms give us permission to express raw emotions and to say, you know, it's okay. 
be feeling that way. Let's, let's start there and let's move towards healing and move, move forward. And so also praying the Psalms will, will bring us hope because a lot of the Psalms, I mean, are actually quite depressing, actually, if you read them. And sometimes that kind of represents a lot of people's lives. I mean, a lot, people's lives are so hard. And, uh, and the Psalms represent that, like Psalm 31. It says, I am in distress, tears blur my eye, my body and soul are withering away, I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness, sin has drained my strength, I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. And sometimes we can feel that way. There are folks, maybe even church today, who feel that way. I mean, these, these are raw emotions of, you know, this, this, this is how I'm feeling. But the beautiful thing about the psalm is that most of the time, there are some songs that, psalms that actually just end in despair. There's, there's nothing good in it. <laughs> just having a really, really crappy day. But most of the psalms will just end with a little line like this. Like the, the psalm we just read ends with this. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. And this is what is so beautiful about releasing raw emotions and being able to acknowledge them. When you acknowledge them, it is something that it just releases a freedom in there and invites God in. And all of a sudden, in the midst of you just, you know, releasing that, that God meets you and it just gives you this, this God, my soul hopes in you. God, you are my answer. I find strength and courage in you. Instead of pushing that ball down, you just allow in the presence of God, you just lift it up and just be honest. Like, this is the ball in my life right now. And God wants to meet with you in such a beautiful way and give you hope in that moment. So one thing you can do is to pray the Psalms, allow it to saturate in you, to really pray through it so you can name your emotions uh, but another beautiful way of doing this is actually to write your own psalms. And a lot of people who actually do this, in, uh, without even knowing, like people who journal, you know, journal how they're doing that day and journal what God is doing in their life. I mean, in a sense, that can be writing a psalm. Uh, but research shows that expressive writing, or at least even just acknowledging it verbally in a safe place, can improve health and well-being over days, years, months. Again, I mean, science is pretty conclusive that you, you can't hold stuff in. And if you're someone like me who's just like, I don't have an emotional world, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just dead that way, it's there. And that's what I've discovered is like the whole time is just like ignoring this world because I was afraid and sometimes afraid to, to acknowledge those things because, you know, sometimes we can get trapped in thinking that, you know, especially in the church that it's wrong to, to feel that way and you should just take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and you just push it down without like saying, okay, there's a time to take it captive, but first let's look at it. And find out why it's there and what does God want to do with it. And then let's take thoughts captive and make it obedient to Christ. So the Psalms have this, this order. Most of the Psalms will have this, this four to, sort of four-point order. Not all the Psalms do. Uh, but if you're going to write your own Psalms, this is kind of a neat way to do it. So you first start with an intimate address. You know, Father God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God that I love is something that's very intimate, Father, Abba, Father. Then the Psalms always have this complaint. And again, this is where it scares us, the Psalms. And what's interesting is 
You know the Jesus' most quoted book is? Psalms. You know the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament is? It's the Psalms. And for a lot of t- reasons, the, the Western church has ignored the book of Psalms because it scares us. <laughs> because there's things like complaining and anger with God and raw emotion. And we're like, that's, that's not theologically correct. And it's like, but that's how they're feeling. And that's where God wants to meet them, <laughs> to bring them towards healing. And so there's these complaints where, God, where are you? And I'm so angry with you and I'm frustrated. And God, why is this? There's this complaint. It, it's really, and we have complaints. We, we're complainers. We're good at complaining. <laughs> And the Psalms are saying it's okay in the right place. Because when you vocalize that, God can meet you there. If you push it down and hide it or express it in the wrong way, you're not going to find relief. And then there's always the strong request and protest. When you talk about strong prayers, prayers with authority, you'll find them in the Psalms. Uh, a lot of times they seem like demands, like, God, you had better. <laughs> a very strong requests and protests. And then at the end, there's always these, these little beautiful um, words of hope that just kind of lift your soul back up. After you've had this release, they lift you back up into the presence of God and give you strength to move forward. And so here's an example, kind of like a typical psalm. Psalm 43. It begins with, O Lord. And one of the problems with our Bible, especially the Old Testament, is that this originally was O Yahweh. God's name. And because of the sort of Jewish tradition not to, to say God's name, and they just kind of, now we just have Lord. Uh, but, but when you write it, you can put like Abba Father, because that's really what that is, Lord, Yahweh. This is, I'm a, I, I, this is your personal name, Abba Father. So start with this intimate connection, and if you're having a really bad day, maybe like this guy, it's going to be very short, because <laughs> that's all the, he says, oh Lord, and then he goes right into his complaint. How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? And so he's just complaining about the frustration that he is feeling. Again, he's being very, very honest. And what the Psalms, I think, gives us permission to do is to express things that we know that aren't actually theologically correct. Because we know God will never leave us nor forsake us. We're no longer orphans. We, the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy, they are surrounded at every moment. And any moment we can experience their love and their goodness. And, but there are moments when we are actually in our emotional world feeling like this. And the psalmist is saying, just, just release it to God. Just be honest with who you are. And then he goes into the, the request, the petition. Turn and answer me O Yahweh, my God, restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. And then there's this beautiful little ending, which, again, there's something when you release heavy emotion that just the love of God can just flood right back in, and he releases it, acknowledges it, asks his request, and then he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. And there are some beautiful books written uh, where folks who through very difficult times have, have wrote, written their own psalms. And uh, because there's something very healing about doing that. Because that's, again, the psalms the biggest book of the Bible. It's the most quoted book of the Bible. In the news. It was Jesus' favorite book. Maybe... 
there's something we've been missing in the Western church when it comes to this. And so when Anne Weens lost her 21-year-old son shortly after his birthday, uh, as part of her healing, she wrote a whole book on Psalms. And here's just, here's just one of them, one of the short ones, so I can fit it on one slide. And she's just being, just being honest before God. This, this is where I'm at. And again, there's something when you're honest with where you're at and you can actually vocalize that, that it brings the presence of God in. She says, oh God, what am I going to do? He's gone. I'm left with an empty pit in my life. I can't think. I can't work. I can't eat. I can't talk. I can't see anymore. I can't leave my house. Nothing makes any sense. Nothing seems worth doing. How could you have allowed this to happen? I thought you protected your own. And then she has this little, same with the Psalms, this little lift of hope at the end. Holy one, I am confident that you will save me. You are the one who heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. And uh, you can write your own Psalms. In fact, there's a little sheet at the back if you want. Called uh, how to write your own psalm, some of the stuff we talked about, and you can grab that. And and uh, again, there are psalms written in in. It is not just for when you're down and discouraged and having a, a rotten week, but there it's good even to release that joy. There's something when you write out a psalm of joy that just like it just lifts you up even more, <laughs> and it just sets you free. And then there's times when you're down to to release that that in a psalm. At least Danielle's out. I'm gonna invite the worship team up. But well, let's begin. Let's just take a moment of quiet. How does God find your soul today? What is going on in your emotional world? Don't try to hide it with your church face. Don't try to hide it with religion. Just be honest with what's going on in your heart. Is it anger? Is it some form of sadness? Are you afraid? Are you joyful? Are you interested? Are you surprised? Are you disgusted? Do you feel shame? Would you just, if you're able, in your own heart, just say a line or two in, in the form of the Psalms. Maybe it's going to be voiced as a complaint as you just release some of that to God. There are requests. There's something that, from your emotional world, that you just have this 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 raw request of God. Let's acknowledge that before Him.
And then just close with a thought of truth, a thought of hope, a thought of courage, a thought of love. And just like most psalms end on a positive, uplifting note, we want to just end our service today with uh, a song that just reminds us of the arms of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, He is so in love with you. And that He sees you. And He sees what's going on in your heart. And he's wanting you to release that to him. So let's respond.